This week on your Asian best friends, we have a supersized edition of Asians in the News. Plus, we react to Kendrick Lamar performing on Saturday Night Live, and Netflix treats us to a night out on the town to see Knives Out, Glass Onion. I'm Taylor. And I'm Bernard. And we are your Asian best friends. Friends. We got a huge Asians in the news this episode. Let's do I it. I guess a lot happened <laughs> since, <laughs> since, since our last episode. The land of Asian America. Yeah, it's all the stuff I've get, uh, gathered for Asians in the news is all pretty good, actually. Nice. Too. So it's like a big, nice. awesome Asians positive in the one. news. Very positive. Nice. And it's coming from all angles. First up, Miss USA. Did you hear about this? I did not. So for the first time in history... Uh, Miss Texas, this is not the first time in history that Miss Texas has become Miss USA, Uh but Miss Texas uh, did win Miss USA, but she happens to be Filipina. A Filipino won Miss USA. Nice. Win for you guys, huh? It's a win for you too. Yeah. We're on the same team. Yeah, we're on the same team. (laughs) If I can get excited for uh, Jay Brecky, then you can get excited for Miss Texas. (laughs) Nice. You're type too, huh? Oh yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> You're the only one that was bummed out that Miss USA yeah, was a Filipina. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess I got my Bernard's bummer for this week. <laughs> uh, Rabani Gabriel, a Filipina American, crowned Miss USA. She's 28, but for Asians, that I mean, she probably yeah, looks 15. Totally. Uh, and she's like from Texas. She, she's Asian American from here. Um, her parents from Manila in the Philippines. There you go. Super cool. Next up in Asians in the news, we've got one of the OG like Asian American, uh, few Asian American celebrities of the past like t- like twenty years. Yeah, who made a splash in sports? Jeremy oh, Lin. Oh yeah, Jeremy Lin. He's Jeremy got that Lin. new documentary coming out, right? That's right. There's a new documentary. He's back in the in the news. I think mostly because. There's so much awareness being raised around Asians, yeah, Asian Americans in general now. Yeah, it's our it's, time, dude. How how about the timing of our podcast here? I know, perfect. How about that? <laughs> when we started this podcast a year ago, we were like, we don't know if Shang Chi is going to make like yeah. any impact. We don't know if we're going to be able to cover many Asian things yeah, I know. on this show because there aren't that many Asian things to cover. Yeah, I definitely thought that was going to be our first and last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a or big it's tank. Just like, it's like an annual, <laughs> annual <laughs> podcast. Whenever something we have Asian an a- pops Asian up. in the news. <laughs> you guys were back two years later. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Lin... He's back in the spotlight, and he's really opening up about, um, you know, things that uh, that bothered him or that affected him when he became famous when he entered the NBA mm-hmm. as uh, the rare Asian in the, <laughs> in the NBA. Yeah. Got Yao Ming, mm-hmm. got Jeremy Lin, yeah, and then a bunch of like half Asians. <laughs> Jeremy Lin was. Uh 
truly like one of us. He like, looks, yeah, he looks like he could just be like our classmate or something. Right, and uh, totally re- relatable. Even just his like story to get to where he was was really easy to root for him. I think for everybody to root for him, he was like an underdog, you know? Yeah, like nice guy, but competitive. Yeah. Him and Kobe, mm-hmm. amazing. And it, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool to see him kind of like stick up for himself yeah. <laughs> with Kobe. Um, you know, he's a, he has, he's not like the greatest player in the world. Right. He stuck around, you know, which is no s- small feat. He's, mm-hmm. you know, to still be in the league. But uh, he had an interview with the New York Times recently talking about um, how he was f- afraid uh, when he started to become famous. He was a, he says to the New York Times, uh, it was fear of people chasing down my family members Fear of people trying to steal from me, lie to me, monetize off me. Fear of the people that I love. That's crazy. Fear of not living up to people's expectations or missing out on opportunities and thinking that I had to take every single one of them off the court. And then he, he continues. That That's why this whole thing with Linsanity is complex. My whole life I tried to run from being Asian. And when I was on the basketball court and the ball was tipped off, race didn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. He's running from being Asian. I feel like a lot of us, at least uh, for portions of our life, run from being Asian. I ran for a, from it for like 35 years. <laughs> 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 yeah, I ran from it for a long time. Um, so I can totally relate to that. At least publicly, I think you're, we all feel safe when we're with our families and we feel that connection to our identity. But when you're in white spaces, or at least when I was in white spaces... I definitely tried to lose that part of me. Um, and it's interesting because he says, like, when he was on the court, uh, it doesn't matter what race you are. But for him, definitely did matter. Like, that was yeah. the story. This Asian-American guy is playing basketball. Because <laughs> it wasn't like like he was good. But I don't think if if he did not account for his race, I don't know if his story would have been as huge as it was. It's absolutely what's notable about yeah. him as a figure. Yeah. He's Asian. Um, yeah. Yeah, good player. But mm-hmm. again, I mean, I guess he had mo- moments with Kobe and stuff like that. And he performed well um, early in his career. But uh, did you, did you, were you like a fan when Jeremy Lin was on the, on the up? Uh, I, I mean, I saw him when he started playing for the Warriors, mm. um, which was like before he blew up. Yeah, um, right, right. And I was like, there's an Asian guy on the Warriors. So I was like, I was kind of rooting for him back then. And then when he blew up in New York, I was right. like, the Knicks. what the fuck? This and is insane. <laughs> yeah, this is insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that just felt completely surreal. But it was similar to how I feel now anytime I see... Um, an Asian American succeed or or break through the boxes that America tries to put us in. I feel like I see myself in some ways. Yeah, it's thrilling. Yeah, it's thrilling when I see stuff like that. I wasn't really watching sports, specifically basketball, uh, mm-hmm. when when Jeremy Lin was was uh, on the rise. But I remember the insanity for sure. Yeah, I remember that. How could you? I mean, we're Asians in the Bay Area. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a big deal. Um, and it's cool. Uh, you know, we, we spoke, I think it was last episode, we talked about Simu Lu opening up mm-hmm. about uh, his struggles being a, a um, 
highly visible Asian mm -hmm. in entertainment. And um, it's cool that they're able to be like Jeremy Lin. I guess this is, I mean, this is late in his career. So this is, it's not like, uh, you know, he's coming uh, out the gate with this stuff, but he's now we're in a space where we, everyone's opening up yeah. about uh, the, the pressures of fame and the entertainment industry, which I consider even pro sports to be part of the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's cool that they can be honest about this. And I think people are slowly starting to understand what Asians go through. You know, they're starting to yeah. pick up on maybe the nuances of this. Who knows? Maybe they don't give a fuck yet, but they said this stuff in the New York times. Yeah. I mean, I think the part of this quote that, uh, stood out to me was him saying his, his feeling that he needed to capitalize on every opportunity off the court at that time. And when I heard that, I was like, yeah, you better mm. <laughs> like your time's going to come to an yeah. end pretty quick. <laughs> like make that money as fast <laughs> as you possibly can because they're going to take it from you yeah. as fast as they possibly can. So I, that's exactly what my mind would have gone to mm. if I was, if I was him at that time. That makes so much sense. Uh, and it seems like, yeah, just things are evolving and that we're not, we're not done with, um, with, I don't know that, that conversation yet in Asians no. in the news. This is, yeah. and I mean, I just mean in this segment of Asians in the news, we're going to get back to this yeah. <laughs> the Asian celebrity thing. But, uh, before we continue that, I, I, I want to lighten things up a little bit. All right. Tony Leung meets <laughs> squid game director. I can't say his name. <laughs> Such a terrible Asian. I can't. <laughs> Wang Dong Yuk. Kwang. Wang Dong Yuk. I cannot say that name. What is that? How do you say that? Uh, <laughs> I, I can't see the text. I, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so that yeah, Tony Leung and the and the director of Squid Game. Yeah, we're seen together, and uh, they've got. He's got to be in Squid Game Part Two. You think so? Why else would they be meeting? <laughs> of course, know. he wants Tony Young in that se in the season yeah. two. Jesus, we're taking over. Yeah, just everywhere, Asians taking over. Next bit of news: another lighthearted one, mm -hmm. another exciting one. Uh, that I mean, the timing on this is kind of crazy because we've been talking about the Joy Luck Club. Oh yeah, and uh, Amy Tan, the the novelist, mm -hmm. teaming up with screenwriter Ron Bass. To do a sequel to the Joint Luck Club. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this is announced um, just this past week, I believe. What What are they going to do? It was a, I, from what I hear, it was a cliffhanger. At the end of the first <laughs> yeah, it's been a 20-year cliffhanger. <laughs> Dude, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. We have, we have to watch Joint well, Luck Club now. We do have to watch it, yeah. More exciting news, Taylor. More exciting. Interior Chinatown. Oh, I'm stoked. <laughs> Jimmy O. Yang yeah. to star in Interior Chinatown series directed by Taika Watiti. Yeah. Have you read wow. the book yet? No. no. No, yes. But I haven't finished. I have the audiobook. Oh, dude. I've been listening to the audiobook. Fucking great. It's very good. It's so good. It's one of my favorite books I've read this year. Yeah, you you uh highly recommended it to yeah. me. Man. The pairing of the uh director and the actor, it's gonna be I I can't even I can't see how it fails. It's a perfect match. Taika Watiti, huh? Yeah, he's the best, man. I love he's Taika Watiti. It's just like he's not Asian. <laughs> he's not, but like I, I understand the I understand why. 
they chose. Yeah, him. I'm just surprised. I'm I'm never going to complain about Taika Waititi being hired for anything. Yeah, but uh, surprised it's not an Asian, but not mad about it at all. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that he like that's cool. That's cool that he that he's doing it. BTS, their mandatory military service oh, is, is starting. It's starting. Oh it's starting. my gosh, they need a reality show on this shit. Man. Oh my god. <laughs> so BTS, arguably the biggest act in the world. Uh huh. Gone for two years. Isn't that crazy? So this is really unprecedented to where, you know, this huge, these huge pop stars are just going to be gone for two years at the height of their popularity. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. But then, like, you think about the how the release schedule for some of these artists, like, it's going to be like they're not even gone. They're so, vi- they're always in, like, media and stuff. They're doing interviews. And yeah. They feature on other people's shit. And- yeah. They, it's been yeah. their fans are ravenous. They want all the, everything they can get. Now that they're not getting shit for two, <laughs> two years. Oh, man. It's going to be dope when they come back. Oh, my God. That's going to be like the biggest tour of all time. Yeah. Of any tour. Do you think it's going to be military themed? Like they come out like, marching <laughs> together? <laughs> Wait, can they legally joke about that? <laughs> they like, like full, make- <laughs> full makeup on. <laughs> they do a battle reenactment. <laughs> So last bit of news I think we have to talk about is Constance Wu. I'm not familiar with Constance Wu. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch Fresh Off the Boat and uh-huh. I didn't watch Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all I know is this. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let me see, see if I can get the timeline right. Fresh Off the Boat is a pretty big hit. Yeah. And then um, Crazy Rich Asians, gigantic hit. Constance Wu is like on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And then fresh off the boat gets renewed. Right. And then she tweets that she's upset about it being renewed. But that was like years ago. It was right? years ago. Yeah. So, and people were like upset with her. Right. Calling her like ungrateful. Yeah. And, um, you know, she revealed later pretty recently actually that um, she had been like abused on, on set. Okay. So 2019, after all that, after... Constance being abused uh, behind the scenes <clears throat> for all those seasons of making fresh off the boat in 2019. It's renewed. She says she's not happy about it. And then people get on her ass. Mm-hmm. Say she's ungrateful. This is like a big show for Asians. How could you be shitting on your own show? That's so important to our community. Then she, re- then she revealed recently actually on a podcast with Megan Markle. Ugh. Yeah. I had to listen to that. <laughs> I had to listen to that. I mean, it was it was fine listening to Constance Wu. Right. You know, I wanted to hear. I I couldn't not you know yeah. hear her story. But um, she said that she got so depressed at the uh, reaction to her tweet that she tried to kill herself. No shit. Yeah. She wow. she tried to kill herself, and her friend saved her. Wow. Um. And she has a child. Uh huh. And she, so she got, so this is what she had to deal with. Um, an Asian actress, an older Asian actress, told her, after her tweet, told her that she deserved to suffer and that she's ungrateful, all this stuff. Mm hmm. Like you, you ungrateful little ingrate. Mm hmm. Really put it on Constance, this older Asian actress. She won't name who it is. And then she was getting death threats, and she, she got so low, and then she, she went on this thing with Meghan Markle, and she has a book coming out, I believe, or she has a book that's out. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but she's been going on a lot of talk shows and stuff and talking about this and being open about um, how being an Asian celebrity and how that microscope has, you know, almost cost her her life. And I mentioned that she had, she had a child and, and she said that her mom, uh, Constance's mom was like, what are you going to, you, you can't tell your kid that you try to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And then Constance was like, you know, actually I, I do want to tell my kid that to show that you can like get through stuff and mm-hmm. that life's hard, but you can still, you know, persevere. Uh, so that was just really heavy. That was. Yeah, listening to her. She's she's done several talk shows now, like late night shows and the, the Meghan Markle interview uh, podcast. And on every single one, she cries. And it's really heartbreaking to watch. Yeah, it's just weird. This culture that we have that we think that these people owe us anything is just weird to me to begin with. Because I remember when the first... Uh, when the fallout happened after crazy rich Asians and she said she didn't want to be part of the show anymore and just the backlash from it, it just felt like, why is everyone so mad? (laughs) Even if the stuff behind the scenes didn't happen, that stuff doesn't need to happen for her to want to leave the show. It's her career. She can do whatever she wants. She has the right to feel however she wants to feel. So yeah, man, it's just a weird culture that we live in and we have such direct access to these celebrities now through social media that we didn't have before and i think honestly i think celebrities need to start protecting themselves a little bit more Mm. than they are now you know um because i mean i fear for anybody in my life getting to those levels and having to uh just deal that on a constant basis constant basis bars (laughs) bars <laughs> taylor's got bars <laughs> speaking of bars <laughs> all right so we talked about uh last time that when we recorded last time kendrick had not performed on snl yet no he had not. Now it's been... Five months later. It's five months later. <laughs> we finally saw it. We did. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was extraordinary. Yeah, it was. What do you think when you saw... What, what three songs did he perform? Uh, he, he did Rich Spirit. And 95. Father Time. I thought it was a perfect uh, encapsulation of all three of those songs. Uh, the set design, how simple it was, how it really just let the emotions of the song uh, be the show. Um, because so much, many times in SNL you see like these super elaborate set designs and um, they can distract, but like it felt very bare, like the album, right? Where it's just like... Mm laying everything out there what were your thoughts i thought it was great i mean kendrick's just always great yeah uh n95 had to had to do that one mm-hmm. had to do n95 that's like uh it's a banger mm-hmm. and he's uh i mean obviously goes he's that's just raps he's that mm-hmm. song is just raps mm-hmm. which i like mm-hmm. uh and then father time is you know one of my favorite tracks yeah uh on the on the album and I'm glad he did that too, because that's like one of the stronger messages that I think anyone can relate to. For any, sure, any, especially any man. 
any man can relate for to. sure yeah yeah that was the first song on the album that kind of stopped me dead in my tracks when i was mm. driving like my stomach dropped i think at father the, time at the end of it yeah he's for if you guys don't know in father time uh, kendrick talks about basically the toxic masculinity that's passed down generation generationally yeah from yeah. you know uh, father to son for jet for generations in this country and specifically in, in the black community mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the brand of toxic masculinity that he got passed down and that he um transcended yeah or at least acknowledges that he needs to transcend uh rich spirit uh-huh i don't know i, I really? don't know if i would i love that song uh-huh but as far as Ken, Kendrick being on on live national TV, mm-hmm. I really thought he should have, even though it's not on the album, really, I think he should have done the Heart Part 5. Mm. And so uh, so the Heart Part 5, so before, if you guys don't know, before every album Kendrick drops, he releases a single prior to the album dropping called The Heart mm-hmm. Part X, whatever. And he's up to Part 5 now for this album. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And the Heart Part 5 is just my favorite of that series. It's an incredible song. Even better music video, like Heart Stopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> song and video. Go wa- go watch the Heart Part 5 if you haven't seen it on YouTube. Uh, and look up Nipsey Hussle, and then you'll get it. Uh, but I see, I see a lot of people react to that video that don't know who Nipsey Hussle is. And they're like, oh, really? it's pretty good. I'm like, no, you got if you know who Nipsey Hussle is, then it's like everything, you know, that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. But I think in it, for me, in place of Rich Spirit, I would have done the heart part five because I think, you know, what you're talking about, the lighting mm-hmm. with the um, the silhouettes and the, the shadows and stuff mm-hmm. that flash. If they had flashed the, the faces of those celebrities mm-hmm. that he's rapping, or that he's embodying throughout that song. And flashing their images, those powerful images of the, those black mm-hmm. figures in front of the country while he's sick. That fucking song is so energetic <laughs> and powerful. I think I think it would he would it would have been like all timer, yeah, SNL performance, easy. If he just did Heart Part Five and just flash Kobe's face, flash OJ's face, you know, um, uh, um, Juicy Smoulier. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was like, "Who's that?" Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Will Smith. That. You know, yeah. Everyone would have. He got Will caught Smith in there quick. Yeah, that was. He turned that around, man. Yeah. The music video Taylor's yeah. talking about. Yeah. He put out the music video where he in, in the song uh, he embodies Will Smith for a few bars mm-hmm. and talks about um, hurt people hurting more people. Mm-hmm. And this is just weeks after Will Smith yeah. slapped Chris Rock. That was crazy, man. Genius. I don't know, man. I I liked his his song choice. I see what you're saying. That would have been great. But I love. We torn the house down. I love the lighting design on that. It was beautiful. Album. And like beautiful towards the end, like he's chasing the spotlight, and the spotlight keeps missing him. And yeah, that yeah. Was just fucking great, man. It was great. It was great. That rich spirit. Rich spirit's a great song. It's a good song. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's my on that out, but it's. A, I don't know. And that just that first lyric too. I I was hoping you play Heart Part Five because that first lyric. Uh, I come from a generation of pain where murder is minor. Just for him mm-hmm. to say that in front of the country, it's like I, yeah. I would have. I would have jumped out of my chair, you know. But 
but Rich Spirit was dope. He he was just like this. Oh, it's so good, man. <laughs> and then, but then the uh, his shadow starts moving independently. Oh, and I was so sick. A lot half of the songs on the albums he couldn't do live. Yeah, yeah. That's why the album's so bold. It's not a mainstream album. <laughs> you know what's interesting though, Taylor? Like, I totally agree. It's it's so deep and dark and personal yeah. and raw. Mm-hmm. But actually, like musically, it's the hookiest album he has. Oh, for sure. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's ev- sure. that album's everything. Yeah. It's there's so many hooks on that thing. Yeah. He's because he doesn't really do hooks. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't really have catchy chorus things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this album's like every song has a catchy melody on it. Yeah, shit's great, man. But Kendrick, Kendrick, he's he's a goat, I think. Oh yeah, I think it. I mean, he could stop now and he'd be the goat. Well, if he stopped now, he would be in the conversation. But people would argue that shit down like so hard. Yeah. But just he's still young, and he's probably got yeah. like a zillion more albums to come. And I mean, yeah. if we're lucky. I mean, because like so many people that were. You know, are talked about in that, in in the same way. Like they definitely have albums that approach that, or that can even equal it. You know, but it's just the consistency in which, yeah, he puts shit out. Dude, Kendrick's discography is sick. Yeah, Section Eighty to Mr. Morale. Every every album's great. He's just spilling. This is the spillover. Like, yeah, he's probably got a few more albums up in his head. Mm-hmm. He's working on stuff now like he's just a genius. Yeah. Uh and yeah, the whole fascinating thing about the SNL thing for me was just that white people have no fucking idea. Most white people. I know younger white people know Kendrick. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. But kind of our age and older white people mm-hmm. not really. All right. <laughs> Mill Valley Mill Valley Film, Film Festival. <laughs> Speaking of white people. <laughs> So me and Taylor recently, uh, we attended the Mill Valley Film Festival thanks to our friends at Netflix. Yeah. We got a shout out Netflix here. It was on, yeah. <laughs> it was on, on their them. dime. On, on, their on dime. Netflix's dime. We were out in Mill Valley, California, beautiful Marin. Mm-hmm. One of the most beautiful places on earth, I would say. Oh, yeah. Not that, I mean, as if I've been all the places. All over the You've planet. Been to all yeah. the places. I've been to all yeah. the places. <laughs> We were out there for Netflix uh, brought us out for Knives Out, the the, the sequel. Mm-hmm. Or the, I'd say that maybe the next installment yeah. of uh, Knives Out called Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. There's there's a little party there where yeah. we uh, met Ryan Johnson, the director. Uh, Kate Hudson was there. She was. Catherine Hahn was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leslie Odom Jr. was there. Leslie Odom Jr. Incredibly handsome. Woo! My God. It was hard not to look at him. He's really good looking. He's a very good looking man. Um, really good drinks. Yeah. Your little wine and dine. I wine and dined you. You know, we, we had did. a good night out. Um, it's the best. It's my favorite thing. I got to talk to uh, all, all the actors and Ryan Johnson. I told he did the episode eight of Star Wars, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Last Jedi. That's my wife's. Favorite Star Wars movie. I told him that's her favorite Star Wars movie, and that made him very happy. And he said he's very proud of that movie, and I was like, that's fucking awesome. 
Because he got a lot of shit for that movie. Yeah, because he made he made Luke like a sad bastard, and I'm like, why wouldn't why wouldn't Luke be a sad bastard? He had to like burn his father's body in a pyre. Also, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not deep into the Star Wars game, but like, Luke has always been annoying as shit. Even when I was a kid, I was like, this guy is fucking annoying. Yeah. So of course he turns into a sad bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about that just really quickly? Mark Hamill. In the first two Star Wars movies, I love the first two Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. Can't stand him. No, he's so annoying. How good of an actor is Mark Hamill now? Yeah. He's incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's he's one of my favorite actors whenever I see him on anything. He's great. great. In in that movie, he was great. He was great. I was like, oh, I don't hate him anymore. Right, because he feels like a real person. (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, back to to Mill Valley. (laughs) Yeah, back to Mill Valley. I I had my nails did. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was feeling myself. I was like, oh, I got my nails did. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to Kate Hudson. She's like, I had my nails done too. And then she showed me her nails and they had like diamonds in them. Yeah. Catherine Hahn was great. Dude, she lit up the room. She was awesome. And I could tell that she was like, I I meet actors a lot and I can tell when they're being fake. Yeah. She's, I could tell she was actually happy to be there. She looks stoked to meet absolutely anybody that came up to her. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, every, everyone's fucking sucking her dick because she's so good. She's great. Yeah, she's fucking awesome. She's phenomenal. And then Leslie Odom, I talked to Leslie Odom about, um, uh, he played Sam Cooke in uh, Hot Night in Miami or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he played Sam Cooke and I told him, uh, you know, that's all I grew up on, really. It was like Sam Cooke in Motown in my house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you played like one of my heroes. <laughs> like, I, I was like, you scared? Mm-hmm. And he was like, fuck yeah, I was scared. <laughs> he, was, he was terrified and he didn't yeah. want to do it. But then his agents like pushed him to do it. Yeah, man. Sam Cooke's a complicated guy because, I, th- you know, you see the what he's portrayed as now versus uh, the real human being that he was right. with all the flaws and genius that came with him. It must have been a quite the undertaking a lot of troubled geniuses in his age in his age yeah i think in that era uh, not that there aren't now tons tons up, now yay? still <laughs> up, uh but yeah and of course i, I talked to him about uh, hamilton leslie odom jr yeah He's that would have been that would have been silly if you didn't i mean it goes without <laughs> saying i didn't want to lead with hamilton though you know no yeah you gotta do the deep cut first I mean, you know. I genuinely cared more about that he played Sam Cooke, but uh, I didn't want to go be like, hey, you were in Hamilton, eh? He was fucking great in Hamilton, though. He's great. And he, he, I, told, I talked to him about that accent in Hamilton, because mm-hmm. I know that because I'm a New Yorkian. Yeah, for sure. For I sure. know <laughs> yeah. that that's a Brooklyn accent. Yeah. <laughs> and right. I was like, why did you choose that accent? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's funny to me because like I watched, like for years I watched like a lot of battle rap. Mm-hmm. And like all the battle rappers from Brooklyn talk just like that, mm-hmm. like uh, like like his character in Aaron Burr in Hamilton, mm-hmm. and I was like, because uh, that's not his real accent. And right. I was like, why did you choose that? And he was like, oh, well, you know, it's like where I'm where I'm from, you know, like that's just like came out. And then in my head, I was like, aren't you from Philly? <laughs> but you know whatever he we, says hey man we all want to be from new york <laughs> <laughs> i think he was born in new york but then he grew up in philly so i don't know but he said yeah just my my real my real self came out and i was like well why aren't you talking like that now 
<laughs> no, I didn't say that. I wasn't a dick. <laughs> Complete jerk. The three of us should all have a conversation about uh, all the boroughs of New York. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to Mill Valley. We saw, let's talk about Knives Out. We were there to see Knives Out. Uh, we saw Glass Onion. I thought it was a serviceable Sunday afternoon Netflix movie. For sure. Yeah, it was like a entertaining movie. Uh, I don't think I'd run out and uh, watch it again, but definitely entertaining. It massages the eyeballs, as an uh, old friend of mine used to say. Mm. Yeah, it, it is easy on the eyes. <laughs> it is easy on the eyes. There's some pretty people in that movie. Our old, our old Asian friend Dave Bautista is in it. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. at the party. I was hoping he would be at the party. That'd been dope. Oh my god! It, I could have talked to Dave, Big Dave, like yeah. for an hour or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that would have been amazing. Now I'm sad. Yeah, that'd been awesome, man. <laughs> no, but the movie, the movie was good. I think, uh, so they're doing an interesting release in, they're releasing it in theaters for one week only, limited engagement on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. week of Thanksgiving, and then it's streaming on Netflix in December. I think that's cool. I think this movie maybe doesn't need to be seen in a theater, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, I think that's yeah, cool yeah. because like, I, I, I just support any movie being seen in a theater these days. I yeah. love the theater industry. And the experience of going to movies, mm-hmm. um, going out and people like actually watching and shutting the fuck up during a movie. I don't know about you, but when I'm at home and I'm watching a movie on Netflix, sometimes I'll get distracted by shit I need to do. Yeah, I think this movie's okay for like, that, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a whodunit. You want to follow the clues and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not super cinematic, I would say. But it's just so much fun. It is fun. And it's it really, fun. it was really funny. A lot funnier than the first Knives Out, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, and uh, but yeah, and totally different. It was. It's completely different tone. It felt like Daniel Craig's in his bag in that role. Yeah, he's great, man. He's really like good. Yeah, he's really good. Definitely, dude. Bright spot of that movie. He's hilarious. <laughs> he is really funny. Yeah. Um. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh. On this episode of Eurasian Best Friends, this was a big one. It was a big one. So many Asians in the yeah. news. Yeah, so many. And it's it's always good to see that. I, I it's just I think we mentioned it earlier in the episode, but um just the difference in the amount of Asians in media now as compared to when we even started the show is like it floors me. Yeah, I know. We have to, we can't even cover all of the Asians. No, man. We haven't even covered the A.A. Yaz reunion yet. Dude, K.O.? K.O., man. K.O.'s might be the goat. Yeah, she took three generations of Asian-American women on tour. Crazy. That's awesome. K.O. But yeah, see, we're just brimming with with, uh, So many things we're not telling you. That we're not telling (laughs) you. But uh, okay, we'll we'll see you guys next time when we have zero Asians in the news yeah. and America gets tired of us finally. Yeah. I'm Bernard and I'm Taylor and we're your Asian best friends. Brown, 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 <laughs> brown, 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 brown. brown. <laughs>